dialed up the Pac-Man podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm your host, Ted Flint, and we begin with a story that I wrote about on our website, the bmgnetwork.com. I have a column up there under the PAC perspective, and it's concerning these tech giants, these uh, social media platforms, and the huge amounts of power that they wield. And it's unwieldy, frankly, what they're doing. And Facebook is censoring any criticism of Black Lives Matter after the company's co-founder donated millions of dollars to this activist group. The co-founder of uh, Facebook, his name is Dustin Moskowitz. He gave more than $5 million into a network of nonprofits, supposedly. Somebody's profiting by these nonprofits, and it's the Marxist who runs it. This uh, Colors, Black Lives Matter founder, Patrice Colors, a self-proclaimed Marxist. This is in the Washington Free Beacon. Facebook blocked its users from posting links to a story in the New York Post about how Colors spent $3.2 million on high-end real estate deals as her BLM Global Network Foundation took in millions of dollars in donation. They're sc- donations. They're scamming people. Facebook says the reporting violated its privacy and personal information policy. No, what it did was get the truth out to people. They don't want the people using their platforms to know the truth about what they're doing. News Media Alliance is a media nonprofit, represents about 2,000 American news organizations. It's criticizing Facebook for its completely arbitrary decision to block the story about colors. And the group's uh, spokesman, NMA spokesman David Shavern, says in a prepared statement that there is no balance of power between media and big tech. He said that Facebook has shown that one side gets to make all the rules, according to the New York Post. And of course, it's Facebook. They, they're judge and jury. It's their forum. And they went on talking about the First Amendment, which prohibits the government from regulating free speech. I mean, obviously, Facebook is not the government. So Facebook's defenders will say, well, we have a right to censor anybody we want to. It's a private, privately owned entity. But major tech platforms certainly do regulate the news business. And it's clear that it goes on here. Why people, I'm still on Facebook. You know, a lot of people are. But they are decidedly biased in what they let on their platforms or platform. Unbelievable. So anyway, this uh, research by the Washington Free Beacon revealed that the Open Philanthropy Fund and Open Philanthropy Project, which is Moskowitz's grant-making, those are his vehicles, they donated at least $5.6 million to this group funded by, or f- founded rather, by Colors between 2017 and 2020. I think everybody needs to get off Facebook eventually, myself included. And again, if you want to read about this, I didn't write specifically about this, but about big tech's power and uh, how they're using it to destroy conservatives and to, to muzzle free speech, conservative speech. We're still, we're still free to make that, the speech. I think we need to find other forums. That's all. That's what I've said to people, and, and I've done talk shows on this. Conservatives need to come up with an alternative to Facebook and Twitter. That's all. And censor liberals. No, we, but we wouldn't do that because we don't censor. We believe in the free exchange and the free flow of ideas. That's what a, a constitutional republic is all about. There's, there's room for everybody in the free marketplace of ideas. I read uh, yesterday that, and I saw the headline that said, Matthew McConaughey may be the next Donald Trump. So I'm thinking, it kind of piqued my interest. So I, I clicked on it. I think it was uh, Town Hall. 
townhall.com. And it, I thought McConaughey was going to be like Trump, a real fire breather and a conservative. But he's not. I mean, he he's in Hollywood. So, you know, why would I think he was a conservative? But he holds a 12-point lead over the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, who's a Republican, in a hypothetical 2022 gubernatorial matchup. This according to a Sunday poll from the Dallas Morning News and the University of Texas at Tyler. So McConaughey evidently, and I haven't paid much attention to him. He's a pretty good actor, but he's, I guess he's teasing a gubernatorial run. And he criticized Abbott and his expedited reopening. Abbott's decision to repeal a statewide mask mandate in March, good for him. I wish Cuomo would do that here, but we know blue state governors don't believe in uh, repealing these mandates. They, they want to pile on more mandates, uh, restrict our freedoms further. So anyway, despite McConaughey's advantage among independents, who, most of them are liberals, by the way, his possible candidacy could divide Democrats in a primary. 50% of Democrats say they preferred a progressive candidate compared to just 25% who said they wanted a centrist. There are no centrists in the Democratic Party. If there are, there, there are not very many of them, and they, they keep quiet. And while McConaughey has criticized Texas Republicans, he has also criticized progressives, not nearly as much, I bet, or as often, and the far left for being, quote, condescending and arrogant. He knows something about that, I would, I would say. You know, I came across a story a couple of days ago on Yahoo Sports, I think it was. And Yahoo, and I've talked about this, is extremely biased, left-wing biased, like most uh, online media platforms. And this piece is written by Shalice Manza Young. Young Shalice has written a column, and she said, and here's the, here's the, uh, the headline, Brett Favre's bleating about politics and sports is rank with privilege, ignorance, and hypocrisy. White privilege, she means. Now, it looks to me that Shalice Young is, she may be biracial. Brett Favre, by the way, Hall of Fame quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. He's retired. And he said he doesn't like to, like to see people kneeling during the national anthem. That's he, he made a public statement about it. But to say he's bleeding, he has that right of free speech. And she goes on here, and it's, it's horribly written. You know, I could condense this into about four sentences, but I'll spare you. Sunday, Favre made comments on a radio show lamenting players who don't uh, stand for the national anthem. And as she put it in the column, players who don't look like him. In other words, black players. And uh, they have rights, you know, as free citizens to express their opinion. They can, you know, if they want to kneel, fine. And he's, he's free to call them out. And that's what he did. But she says, they're, you know, these are non-white, non-heterosexual non-cisgendered people. I mean, who who's mentioned any, anything about homosexuals? Anybody who's a non-heterosexual is a homosexual, in my view. I don't, I'm not going to call them cisgendered or bisexual or pansexual. There are two genders, male and female. So anyway, Favre called athletes kneeling during the anthem a shame and wondered why standing patriotically for a piece, uh, as, as this idiot who wrote this column, Shalise Young put it, a piece of fabric. Well, it's more than a piece of fabric, you idiot. It's what it represents, the greatest nation on earth, and the hundreds of thousands of patriotic uh, soldiers who shed blood and gave their lives in many instances to keep this nation free. That's what that piece of fabric symbolizes, moron. So Favre doesn't want politics and sports. Millions of Americans are in agreement with him. I got news for her. I mean, we clearly, there are two Americas here. But Favre said, when I turn on a game, 
I want to watch a game. I want to watch players play and teams win, lose, come from behind. I want to watch all the important parts of the game, not what's going on outside of the game. I agree with them. Most Americans, the people who pay the NFL's bill uh, bills, not the Buffalo Bills, but the you know the bills and people who go to these games and pay hundreds of dollars for tickets for a, for a seat at, at midfield, they want to watch a football game. They don't want to watch these idiots, these crybaby millionaires. I mean, they're making millions of dollars playing a boys' game. Just play the game. If you want to kneel and protest, do it on your own time and on your own dime. That's all. That's all there is to it. Back to uh, some other things around the state and nation. There's a man charged with trying to shove an Asian undercover cop onto a Queens subway track. And he was cut loose without bail this weekend. Did you know that? The judge says, I can't do anything. My hands are tied. These morons in the Assembly and Senate, these communist Democrats, there's no bail. These, these people are put back out on the streets, these criminals. The suspect is 32-year-old Richard, or, well, Ricardo Hernandez, faces three hate crime charges in the attack on an unnamed cop, an Asian cop on a Long Island City train platform, 5.30 p.m. Saturday, at least 12 prior arrests this guy has under his belt. He's been busted 12 times as Hernandez, and he's walking around free. At his arraignment over the attempted push onto the tracks, Queens Supreme Court Justice Lewis Knox said the state's bail reform measures bar him from holding Hernandez in jail. My hands are tied because under the new bail rules passed by communist Democrats and signed into law by Governor Cuomo, I have absolutely no authority of or power to set bail on this defendant for this alleged offense. Alleged. So these Marxist Democrats, under these new measures passed last year, this is why the, the, the legislature is just, it's gone. New York State, you people don't realize what's happening at our, at our state capitol. But I guess attacks that cause no injury are exempt from bail in New York. So if the cop were killed or maimed, only then could Hernandez be charged. This is unbelievable. The judge also agreed with Hernandez's lawyer to dismiss a warrant against the suspect involving a previous open container summons. Suspect had a can of Coors Light beer. Tells me all I need to know about him. You can tell a lot about somebody by the beer they drink. I'm surprised it wasn't Red Dog or, you know, Schlitz. So anyway, the uh, a police source said Hernandez, this is probably too much detail, but was previously arrested for possession of a controlled substance in 2019 and jumping turnstiles in 16 and 17. And nine other sealed arrests on his record. But the cop was Asian. doesn't matter if the cop was Asian or the suspect is Hispanic. One individual attacked another. you got to pay the price if you do that. I can't believe I'm this far along here on the show. We're going to have to wind it up pretty soon here. I want to talk a little bit about taxes quickly because the New York state government is uh, spending like a drunken sailor. $212 billion budget they enacted recently, and there's a millionaire's tax, an ultra-millionaire's tax. And the governor has yet, I'm just glancing and blowing here, the governor has not lifted these curfews for bars and restaurants. Still, in a, I think, a, an 11 o'clock curfew. He's lifted curfews for pool halls, for bowling alleys, for casinos, for fitness centers, but not for restaurants and bars. It's kind of arbitrary. And these businesses, 88,000 businesses since the beginning of the pandemic have... Closed, and many of them for good. 
many of these businesses are not coming back. A lot of them are, are in upstate New York. We'll talk more about it on a future show. But these taxes are just unbelievable. Uh, ultra millionaires tax. So if you make over $25 million, which I don't do now, but I, I hope to one day, they're going to get taxed 10.90%. This is, and you might say, well, let, let them pay the more, more taxes. I mean, they make $25 million or more. They can afford it. That, but that's not the point. Heavy progressive taxation is what Marx envisioned. It's in the Communist Manifesto, one of the 10 planks, how to take over a country. All right, we'll end up by a story that's near and dear to my heart. I love fireworks. I love fireworks displays. I have some fireworks my brother got for me last summer. We blew off. We didn't get to all of them. We'll get to them this summer. And he bought them not in New York State because they're illegal. He bought them in a nearby state. And uh, the governor of South Dakota, I love this woman, Christy Nome, is refusing to drop her efforts to hold a fireworks display this 4th of July at Mount Rushmore. The National Park Service rejected her request. Of course, now Biden's in control of all this. So this week, she wrote to the president asking him to reverse his administration's ban on the fireworks, saying it would be a fitting way to mark the easing of coronavirus restrictions. Certainly in her state, they're being eased. And, you know, to a lesser degree here in New York State as well. Why not? It's a celebration. The nation has gone through a lot over the last year and a few months. A 4th of July celebration is what we need. We need parades. We need the Memorial Day parade, which we're having, by the way, here in our little town in May. One way or the other, we're going to have a parade. I'm going to, I'll am gonna. i lead a march down Main Street. No masks for me, by the way. Anyway, but the nation's founding is something we celebrate on July 4th. And I mean, this year, and I'll just read her comment here, and we'll wind it up. This year, as we mark our independence from COVID-19, Mount Rushmore would be the perfect place for a national celebration and fireworks show. Referring to comments Biden made that Independence Day was a target date for a return to normal life in America. Well, it's happening. It's going to happen before then, whether he likes it or not. You know what it is? The NPS, National Park Society, they notified the state of South Dakota of its decision on the ban last month. They're citing concerns about COVID-19, you know, too many people in too close quarters, tribal objections, and danger to the park. What they're really afraid of is people having fun. We're going to have fun. We'll enjoy ourselves. There's got to be something wrong with that. We'll talk more about this. I have my fireworks, and I'm going to blow them off right in my front yard. I live in a very desolate place here in Washington County. I'm not bothering anybody. And I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. By the way, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, do it now. There is no better time. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch a podcast. Buzzsprout will get your show listed in every major podcast platform. You will get a great-looking podcast website, audio players you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and a lot more. So why not join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world? All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and get started today. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they'll give you a $20 Amazon gift card. Again, follow the link in this show's notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I, the Pac-Man, Ted Flint, sent you. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to launch a podcast. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. If you want to get in touch with me directly, you can do that by email, pacman 
at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.